Hello. Can we talk about skin colour? I'd like you to imagine a room full of Christadelphians at a fraternal. The people don't all know each other, but someone who you know needs to introduce themselves to Sister Anne. They ask you to point her out. You can't see Sister Anne, but you spoke to her earlier and you know she is a black woman in an orange blouse. She's the only black woman at this event. How would you describe Sister Anne? You could say she is black. If you are white, as I am, that might feel awkward. It would be easy to say the woman in the orange blouse. Let's face the facts here. Many white people are embarrassed by black skin. It makes us feel uncomfortable. And I think this is why. For those of us who are light skinned, being called racist is a huge insult. And I think that's why talking about black skin is a problem for us because if we even mention blackness, we might be called racist. And that would be really upsetting. We often manage this by just not mentioning skin color because we fear causing racial offense. I'm guessing that lighter skin can also be awkward for people who have dark skin. They're likely to have experienced racism from lighter skinned people. If darker skinned people mention our lighter skin, perhaps they risk upsetting us. I suspect that, that black people manage this by not discussing skin colour when white people are around. Can we claim to be brothers and sisters when we're not even comfortable discussing our skin colour? I'd like to try a thought experiment. I'm going to say a word and then I want you to write down or just think about the words that come into your head. French. Syrian. Chinese. Nigerian. Here in the UK, people associate French with food and drink, French bread, French fries, French wine, also French holidays, perhaps a trip to the Eiffel Tower. Syrian, we associate with refugees and war, not much else. In the UK, a Chinese normally means a takeaway meal. Nigerian is a word we have a lot less connection to. We hear on the news that Nigerian school children are abducted by Boko Haram kidnappers. We may also have heard of the Nigerian scam. Whatever you thought of, I'm guessing you had different ideas for each word. It's worth noting that our thoughts about other nations are based largely on what the media has told us about them. Then we apply this to individuals. We become biased. It happens to all of us. If the things we've been told about a group of people are derogatory, we tend to have derogatory thoughts about every individual 
in that group. I've been told that black people all have a chip on their shoulder because of their history of slavery. Black people feel hard done by when they should be thankful that they now have equality. I've heard the fact that some black people have successful lives proves all black people could if they tried. Black people need to solve their own problems. From childhood, I've had these clear messages that black people's complaints are not worth listening to. I used to believe that. I no longer do. Prejudice ideas started to make me feel uncomfortable. I noticed them in my work life and my social life and my church life. In the summer of 2021, I created a survey asking Christadelphians two questions. Do you think there is racism in the Christadelphian community? Do you think there is anti-racism in the Christadelphian community? I posted the survey on a few Christadelphian Facebook groups and I soon had a hundred replies from worldwide. I read all of the comments and I wrote a report. If you want to read the full report, you can find it below. But what it showed is this. Most respondents reported racism in our community. Two, thought, two thirds thought there was also anti-racism. I defined anti-racism as making a conscious effort and taking deliberate actions intended to challenge and defeat racism. The majority of respondents were white, but the people of colour who replied gave many examples of being socially excluded, such as having white members stare at them aggressively. Many white members had witnessed similar things. For example, someone wrote, I have heard a few make remarks such as don't talk to them, meaning don't talk the gospel to coloured people who attended a preaching presentation. Many members reported that they had heard racist jokes and racist language. There were also a few examples of people challenging racist language. A lot of people reported stereotypes in our community, such as lower expectations of darker people. A UK member wrote, growing up, the black boys were treated unfairly and had assumptions upon their behaviour before they even spoke or entered a building. Our preaching caused concern. People reported a tendency for white missionaries overseas to hold on to power rather than to share it with locals. Also, to have better accommodation than the locals. In our own countries, a preference for, for preaching in white areas was noted. Our committees and organising groups are predominantly staffed by white members. We are not very flexible at accommodating diversity, as one person explained. White Christadelphians expect everyone to sit in rows, sing from the Green Hymn Book and conform to a Sunday morning format that is not reflective of cultural diversity. There were also positive examples, such as the way that Iranian refugees have been welcomed into the UK.
The issue which concerned me most was what was said about how some people interpret certain Bible verses. We need to talk about this. In Genesis 9, we read that after the flood, Noah and his sons were blessed by God. We are told Ham is the father of Canaan, but no other grandchildren are named. Everyone settles down. Noah grows a vineyard and makes wine. He drinks too much wine and lies naked in his tent. Ham sees him. It's very hard to know from a different culture and for me, a different sex, how to judge this, but clearly it was a very big deal. Ham tells his brothers, was he shocked? Did he need advice? Did he do it in jest? We don't know, but his brothers respond by covering Noah without seeing his nakedness. They solved the problem. Ham did not. Once Noah was sober, he realised what had happened. He was not happy. Perhaps he felt ashamed of his own behaviour. Scripture doesn't say Ham did wrong, but it's implied that he did. Noah then says, Ham's son Canaan is cursed. Then Noah says, God will enlarge Japheth and he will dwell in the tents of Shem and Canaan will be his servant. So Japheth is going to be looked after by Shem and Canaan, although not Ham. What happened next? Did Canaan take this as a command and start to serve his uncles? Was it prophecy? Did Canaan say, I'm not going to let that happen? But then it did. We don't know. Why wasn't Ham the one to be cursed? We don't know. Why weren't all of Ham's children cursed? We don't know. Was Canaan complicit in his father's wrongdoing? We don't know. In the next chapter, the descendants of Noah are listed. It's known as the Table of Nations. We are told that these descendants then spread out and repopulated the earth. There is a theory that the sons of Ham formed the African nations and were black. The sons of Shem became the Middle East and Far Eastern nations and were brown and the sons of Japheth became the European nations and were white. There is a belief which answers to my survey reported some of our members hold that the curse of Canaan continues to this day. This belief encompasses the idea that black descendants of Ham are meant to be the servants of brown and white people. That because of the curse of Canaan, Black people are not equal to white people. They are a different race. The mass enslavement of black people was what God wanted. I do not believe that the curse of Canaan continues to this day or that it has anything to do with Africans. The idea that anyone believes this sickens me. God blessed all the sons of Noah. Is Noah's curse of Canaan more important than God's blessing? The curse was not to the descendants of Canaan, 
only to Canaan. Ham had four sons. Canaan did not live in Africa. He lived in the land the Bible readers know of as Canaan. Africans are not recorded in the Bible as being the descendants of Canaan. So even if the curse was for all descendants in all future millennia, it would not apply to black people now. Does the idea that one group of people should be the servants of another group fit with the rest of scripture? Are Africans a different race from everybody else? Act 17, verse 26. From one man he made all nations, that they should inhabit the whole earth. Does the curse of Canaan mean God sees Africans differently from other ethnic groups? Revelation 7, verse 9. I looked and saw a multitude too large to count from every nation and tribe and people and tongue standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and holding palm branches in their hands. Should we judge people by their skin colour? John 7 verse 24. Stop judging by mere appearances. Is the curse of Canaan a prophecy that the offspring of Canaan will be servants of the others for all time? Galatians 3 verse 28. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. The curse of Canaan theory of blackness is unfounded and abhorrent. It was used by white Christians to salve their conscience about slavery. They were wrong to do this. So why do people have different colours of skin? The sun shines brighter around the equator than at the poles. Sunlight can be damaging to skin, causing sunburn and skin cancer. Darker skin and hair provide more protection from the sun. Darker people live around the world's equator or their families originated from there. Humans need vitamin D and skin can make it from sunlight. But as you travel from the equator, dark skin becomes less able to manufacture vitamin D. Lighter skin is better at making vitamin D. Further from the equator, there is less risk of sunburn and cancer, and people have lighter skin. A person's skin colour signifies whether their ancestors lived nearer to the equator or to the poles. Nothing else. How good are you at admitting you get things wrong? I hate being wrong. Even worse, I hate being found out to be wrong. But sometimes, I get things wrong. In the past, I have got it wrong about black people. As I see it, the point of Christianity is that we do get things wrong. We mess up. If we didn't, we wouldn't need Christ. We wouldn't need to be Christians. So Christians should always be ready to admit we make mistakes, jump to conclusions, 
don't check all the facts. We have all made mistakes, a lot of them. It is nothing to be ashamed of if we can admit to it. My survey shows that we are a racist community. And that's a bad feeling, isn't it? There's a name for the horrid feeling white people have when we are told that we have been racist. White fragility. The horror of vulnerability and shock of being accused of this crime. It's also possible for black people to be racist, but for me, as a white person, the name for the shame of being called a racist is white fragility. I think most racism is because we presume that we, what we have heard about a group is right. Perhaps we do not get to know some people because we presume they are not worth spending time with. Maybe what you have witnessed seems to confirm what you have been told. I think many stereotyped ideas are not proof that racism is right. They are evidence that racism damages and holds whole communities back. You may be thinking the charge of racism does not apply to you. Perhaps you are white and convinced you have never been racist. The Christadelphian community has racism in it. If you are part of the Christadelphian community, you are part of racism. You are not exempt. If you do not engage in racist behaviours, if you do not have racist attitudes, but you allow racism to continue within our community, then you are complicit in racism. The opposite of racism is anti-racism. Making a conscious effort and taking deliberate actions intended to challenge and defeat racism. It is not enough to say, I'm not racist. That's like witnessing a fight and saying, I didn't punch anyone. If you make no effort to stop the fight or get someone else to stop the fight, if you don't look after those who are frightened or injured, you are complicit in the harm caused by the fight. You are like the priest and the Levite who passed the injured man on the road from Jerusalem to Jericho. Anti-racism is a set of habits which can be acquired, a set of attitudes which can be developed, and a set of skills which can be learned. Here are some ideas to get you started. <clears throat> In your Sunday school, look through the books that you use. Check if they depict Bible characters as having white, brown or black skin. Most of the characters in the Bible would have been brown. If they do not look brown in your books, replace the books with more accurate, accurate ones or repeatedly remind your class that Bible characters are darker skinned and apologize for the books being wrong. It will provide you with a good opportunity to discuss other racial issues. When you give books for Sunday school prizes, check that the illustrations depict Bible characters appropriately. Provide brown colouring pencils. When your Sunday school are drawing, remind them that most Bible characters would have been brown. 
We have all been fed ideas that black people behave worse than white people. Because of this, it's common for black children to be disciplined more harshly. Note whether this happens in your Sunday school and discuss it in teachers' meetings. These are ideas that you can use in services. Choose images with all skin tones. Bible characters especially should be portrayed as brown. If you can't find appropriate images, apologize for the inaccuracy. Be open and honest about the fact that our church was established by racist men. Do not shy away from this issue, but state clearly that they were wrong. Pray for the end of racism and guidance towards anti-racism. These are some ideas for those in positions of responsibility. Consider everyone for leadership positions. Don't presume candidates will put themselves forward. Invite people to apply. If someone lacks skills, offer training and support. Don't rule anyone out. Hold anti-racism or diversity awareness training. Buy books about race, racism and anti-racism. Lend them to your members. Hold a coffee morning to chat about the issues they raise. Support black businesses. If you need repairs to the church roof or support with a legal problem, choose a business run by someone black. This is not racist, it's just redressing the balance. Educate yourself about racism and this attitude will start to make sense. Invite black Africans to preach to white churches. We fund white members to go to Africa. Why not fund black members to travel from Africa? Check if the land your church is built on was owned by indigenous people. If so, announce this before services. Make contact and offer use of your facilities. Make sure your first aid training includes care for people with dark skin and buy pink, brown and black sticking plasters for your first aid box. If you have more than one language spoken in your church, hold bilingual services. Many UK ecclesias now do this every week. Don't expect people of colour to solve racism. You can request advice, but always give permission not to be involved. Racism is traumatic to discuss for those who have experienced it. Make sure everyone entering the mission field has total respect for the people there. Ensure missionaries understand they must not take power away from anyone. Their role is to facilitate and empower the host communities so they can organise themselves to worship in culturally appropriate ways. These are ideas to use in conversations and discussions. If someone makes a stereotyping comment, suggest another way of thinking about the situation. In my experience, or do you think it might be that? Talk to people who are different from you, whether it's colour, age, wealth, class or disability. Try to get to know everyone better. 
If someone darker than you speaks, listen. If anyone interrupts, politely tell them that they have and ask the speaker to continue. Take all ideas seriously. When people say all lives matter, point out that whilst all lives do matter, white people can generally take it for granted that their life will be valued. Black people cannot. This is what Black Lives Matter means. In the same way, children matter. It doesn't mean that adults don't matter. It means children's needs should not be overlooked. Don't talk about us and them. There is only us. For example, there are those of us who have secure accommodation in this country and those of us who don't have secure accommodation. There are those of us who speak English and those of us who have not yet learned English. Then what you thought of as two separate groups becomes one group which can be divided in different ways. Describe white people as white. For example, what does he look like? He's a white brother with dark curly hair. If you don't do this, white is presumed to be the default. In reality, less than 10% of the world's population are white. These are some ideas to use in your own time. If you are white, read up on white privilege and white fragility. It will change you for the better. Join a charity which actively works to better the lives of people of other ethnicities. Become attuned to language. If you hear news reports of black criminals, notice if white criminals are described as white. Share posts about anti-racism on social media. Examine the origin of your beliefs about other people and whether you have evidence. Remember that what you see may be the result of racism, not the reason for it. For example, does a poor education mean people are not clever or that they experienced racism in education? Subscribe to the weekly emails from UK Persian Preaching News. That's ukpersianpn at gmail.com. They are full of wisdom aimed at helping members in the UK support our Iranian contacts and members. Much of the advice could be applied to anyone wanting to understand the needs of asylum seekers and refugees. If you hear of a major racist incident, contact people of colour whom you know. They may be feeling vulnerable. Ask how they are and express your concern for them. If you encounter a racist incident, talk to the victim, not the abuser. Ask them if they need support and how they want to be helped. Speaking to the victim gives a clear message to both them and the abuser that you don't accept racist behaviour. If we can all start doing some of these things, then you will soon find that our attitudes to many groups and individuals change. And then, yes, we can talk about skin colour. 
thank you for listening. And thank you especially to everybody who responded to my racism, anti-racism survey, and also to the members of the Christadelphian Standing Against Racism Facebook group, who proofread this talk for me and made many helpful and supportive comments. Thank you.